Hi there. This is Huang Rei. Welcome to another episode of A Thousand Wise. If you've ever visited China, you're probably surprised by people drinking boiled water. Some might tell you, boiling water removes harmful bacteria that could potentially make you sick. But this doesn't explain the practice of boiling bottled water. Well, perhaps you've heard about the benefit of drinking hot water from those who believe in traditional Chinese medicine. Still, plenty of people let their water cool before drinking it. And you can even find bottled liang bai kai or cold boiled water in supermarkets. So we're back to the simple question. Why do Chinese people boil their water? I haven't been able to get a conclusive answer. But my guess is, maybe they're just picky. Because believe it or not, the ancient Chinese were probably the first water snobs. Now, for something to have snob value, you need to be able to differentiate. So, unsurprisingly, the ancient Chinese ranked water based on its source, location, and of course, taste. Ranking water was first widely known in the 8th century, around the same time that tea became popular in China. In fact, one of the earliest rankings to become widely circulated was undertaken by Lu Yu, who was the author of the oldest known tea book in the world. He ranked 20 different sources of water that he tasted on his travels and concluded that the true region or modern-day Hunan and Hubei had the best water and the Jing region or modern-day Shanxi had the worst. He was also the one who formulated the principle that spring water is finest, river water next best, and well water the least in quality. This may go some way towards explaining why Farmer's Spring is the most popular brand of bottled water in China. If Lu Yu's method of ranking water was purely subjective, there were also people who took a more objective approach. The most famous of these was Emperor Qianlong from the Qing Dynasty. He was probably one of the most well-traveled emperors in Chinese history. Legend has it that he always took a silver measuring flask with him wherever he traveled. Using this, he would measure out a flask of water from different sources and then carefully take its weight. According to Qianlong, the lighter the water, the better its quality. Using this system, he concluded that water from Jade Spring Mountain or Yuchenshan in Beijing was the best. And from then on, it had been kept for the exclusive use of the royal family. However, it's all well and good to have a ranking system. Could people actually tell the difference? Well, if history is to be believed, not only could the ancient Chinese distinguish between different sources of water, they could even recognize water taken from different sections of the same river. Story has it 
that Emperor Shenzong's Prime Minister Wang Anshi had taken ill in his old age. The prescription given by the imperial doctors was tea brewed with water taken from the middle stream of Chutang Gorge. As it happened, Wang Anshi's good friend, the poet Su Dongpo, once had to travel by the Three Gorges. So Wang Anshi asked him to bring some water. Su Dongpo obliged. But when Wang Anshi later used it to brew tea, he asked, Are you sure this is water from the middle stream? This tastes like water from downstream. Su Dongpo, feeling a little guilty, yet burning with curiosity, asked, How could you tell? Wang Anshi told him, Water from upstream rages rapidly, and tea brewed with it is rich and heavy. Water from downstream is slow and torpid, and tea brewed with it is very light. Only water from the middle stream is placid without being sluggish, and the right temperament to bring out the mellowness of the tea. Just now, it took a long while for the color of the tea to come out. And so I knew the water was from downstream. From this story, we can also see that water from the same river was thought to have different characteristics based on factors such as the speed of its flow. Similarly, the characteristics of rainwater was also believed to vary with the season. For instance, rainwater from the monsoon season was thought to assist fermentation, while soaking grain in winter rain was thought to help prevent it from being spoiled by insects. Water from the heavenly spring, as rain and snow were called, was also used by the ancient Chinese to show their discernment, and also as a point of distinction when socializing. For example, the famous Chinese classic novel A Dream of Red Mansions provided a detailed account of the daily life of privileged families in ancient China. For social obligations, the dowager lady and her poor relation were given tea brewed with last year's rainwater. Not a poor reception by any means. In fact, the dowager lady checked what water the tea was made with and probably wouldn't have accepted if it had been, say, well water. But it was still much less than the best compared to what the hostess gave her friends. For her truly welcome guests, she made tea with snow melt taken from the petal of plum blossoms five years ago and stored. So, you could still taste the fragrance of the flowers. Just imagine the number of flowers, or even the number of trees, it would take to fill even a small water urn. And imagine the effort required to brush snow off the petals, flower by dedicated flower. When it comes to enjoying the finer things in life, we can all learn something from the ancient Chinese. So next time you open a bottle of Evian, Vos, or San Pellegrino, think of the water connoisseurs who came before you. Thank you for listening to A Thousand Wise. This is Huang Rei. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.